Grace Sharkey is one of those women that when you see her, she's magnetic. This former in-house brokerage employee who rose to the ranks to eventual CSO, that's a chief strategy officer, has now found a new calling in creating content both in the written word and video formats. Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blake Brimley. And on today's show, we're chatting with Grace on how her past career history helps to shape the content that she creates today, including her own video-based show on the FreightWaves platform. Hope you guys enjoy this one. And bring in Grace Sharkey. She's a staff writer for FreightWaves and host of the newest show on the platform called Transmission. And she's stellar rock star. I've been looking forward to having this conversation for a while. Welcome in, Grace. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I am a huge fan. So honestly, <laughs> this is like probably my favorite show that I've watched that Freightways has brought on and I am overly excited to be here today. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, th- thank you. I mean, the, the check is in the mail, so I appreciate all of the compliments that you're giving me. <laughs> um, but diving into a little bit of your career and and where you've sort of come from, I, I think I just blindly assumed that you just jumped right into journalism and jumped right into writing at Freightways, but you've actually spent, you know, I, I, I don't want to say, you know, the We've spent a decade in this industry, but because we're not old, we're seasoned professionals. Yeah. So now tell us a little bit about how you got started in the world of freight. Yeah. So honestly, it's it's been a wild ride. If I went back to myself at like 22, 23 and said, hey, guess what? And over a decade from now, you're going to be on an automotive supply chain podcast and writing for a, a freight um, media site. I'd be like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I started, I went to school for college for politics, to be honest with you. Um, and I actually started really learning about freight through fundraising. It sounds odd, but uh, I helped set up different fundraising plans for Clean Water Action, uh, Sierra Club, things of that nature. And then I actually started um, fundraising for Michigan State. Um, I thought to myself, well, if they won't pay for my tuition, I'll help other people pay for theirs. <laughs> we'll see. And I had a really great career. Yeah, right. Um, I was able to raise over $150,000, probably close to 200000 for the university. And the funny thing was, is a lot of the, the job requirements for that in terms of being on the phone and, and hearing rejections, because trust me, you hear rejections, uh, especially after we lose on a Saturday. Um it, it prepared you for this industry. So Coyote, C.H. Robinson, a lot of the large companies would come in and recruit us. And I was friends with a lot of people who ended up going into the industry after school. And really, to be very honest, I just, I needed a job that I could make money to start paying my student loans after, after school. And guess what? Politics and nonprofit work doesn't do that right away. <laughs> so I, I took this job at a small 3PL and um, was attracted to the ability to get into management um, quicker, and that happened very rapidly. It's this isn't a hard industry to, um, I don't say hard, but it's not a difficult industry to get sales or acquire sales. Where it really gets difficult is the scaling aspect. So that was really fun for me. It was like, okay, I can really learn how to run a business, be an entrepreneur and, and use this experience almost as a, a beta testing for what I ended up doing with the rest of my life. So uh, that's really got how I got started in this. 
I love that. It's sort of it. You're you're either you have family that's involved in the freight industry, or and that's how you initially get in, or you just just stumble in it by accident, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're a lifer, and they just you can't yeah. escape the grasp of freight. Now, speaking of your first role, and and your first role was at Fifth Wheel Freight to include sales and business development, ultimately becoming the chief strategy officer. So, what does sort of the day to day look like for a CSO? Because I, I feel like that's a that's a fairly new position, especially in the world of freight. Yeah. So I think a lot of my job entailed the scaling aspect. It was very important for someone in my role to know the future and know where I are, where we are now, right? Like how are we going to a compete 20 years from now and be, be at the level of revenue that we're hoping to be at, you know, what are hurdles that we're going to have to overcome? Where should we properly prep ourselves? Where investments do we need? Um, where, what areas do we need to invest in in order to compete with the large behemoths that are in this industry? And for me, a lot of it was really sitting with our entry level employees. I always feel like that is the number one place you can go to when you're finding it difficult to pinpoint what is really causing a, um, uh, just a grasp on maybe an area that you're trying to control more. For instance, like um, we're really big on at, at the time for moving to a buy sell model from a cradle to grave, which can be very difficult, but um, it's, it's easier to uh, relay over to your employees or market to your employees when you actually know the problems that they're dealing with. And you can say, Hey, listen, I know you hate check calls. I, I know you hate having to deal with this carrier minutia. You know, if we, can properly uh, align you up with a, with a better role, we're going to take this, these headaches away eventually and, and show you that you can make more money and be able to just strategize that actual um, execution in order to help your business reach your goals. Um, it is kind of like a, a newer type of role when you say that. And I think you're seeing it a lot more because of the technology piece. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of, I would say, executive level people who in this industry, they get into it for the sales aspect. You know, a lot of them have been in the industry for years as truck drivers. So when it comes to like adding technology into their workflow, it, it's a difficult conversation and it takes a lot of investment to get a good outcome or a good ROI. So I think that's why you start seeing that role a lot more. Well, you brought up my next question because of ROI. Everybody is sort of obsessed with attaching a data point to, you know, ROI or anything that you invest in. And so what are some of your favorite ways to measure the strategies that you implemented? You mentioned putting employees in more successful roles that maybe they feel more passionate about. Are there any other aspects of of, of ROI that can be measured in that way? Yeah. So, I actually just did a webinar on this couple last week. I think a lot of times when people see problems um, when scaling a business within logistics, their number one go-to move is let's add a person, right? And that all that all that does is just double down on the problem. You're just literally making it worse because at some point that person is going to be so overwhelmed they're going to need another point. So a lot of times, I think it's difficult to explain to executives that an ROI isn't always a very direct penny level cost. Sure, let's get some data scientists on this and I can show you it. But uh, I think I sent over to you, there's a couple areas that I personally like to focus on because they will lead to better revenue, revenue growth and 
at the end of the day, better margins in the long run. One is the return of time. Time is money. I hate that saying because it's like, duh, but it really is like the number one factor. Whenever you look at any brokerage that's looking to scale, it's really not the return on my investment. It's how can I make the employees, how can I put more time in their pocket? How can I stop these minutiae tasks that are slowing them down? Check calls, talking to carriers about just small little things here and there, dealing with mistakes by your shipper, right? So let's, let me show you how much time I'm going to put back into your rep's day uh, Two, yeah, is the return of happiness. Like I, I love the mean culture of this industry. I think it's absolutely hilarious. So I'm not putting it down at all, but the lot of the mean culture is like the headaches of this industry, right? Like, uh, got a phone call at midnight or, um, having to, having to deal with load board issues or things of that nature. Uh, that mean culture is there because those small areas like actually make your employees not happy and not enjoy mm-hmm. it. And at, yeah. And at the end of it all, if they don't enjoy the industry, they will leave at some point they'll leave and they'll do some other type of industry. Maybe they go to a competitor with their experience and, and a smaller competitor and help them grow, but they, they aren't going to stay there. So it's always best to, to figure out, okay, in this role, what type of person needs to fill it? What's going to have them enjoy their job, right? A lot of the carrier representatives, they love talking with carriers. They love actually like building a relationship with them, not yelling at them because they're two hours late. Well, a system, different telematics and things of that nature that can fix those problems. Let's put that time back into their day so they can actually ask the carrier like, Hey, how's your family doing? Or mm-hmm. how in, in my notes, I put that you just, you just had a son. Like, how is he doing? Can you send me some pictures? That's going to actually build a real carrier relationship. And then to the last one, and I think this one is the most important for small to medium size uh, brokers, especially, um, and a lot of shippers, to be honest, what's the return of your carrier? Like literally how often are they coming back to your company and taking another load? I think that sometimes is a really shocking figure when companies figure out how to pull that and see, oh, like most of our carriers have only taken a few loads with us and they've never come back. Okay. Like, well, let's figure out why. Why wouldn't they come back? What do we need to improve on to make their experience better? Because you are a broker. You have two people that you have to really make happy. Three, if you count the employees. So those are the areas that I like to focus on the most. And to piggyback off of that, because when we were originally talking about you coming on the show, we we were going to talk about, you know, sort of freight brokers having issues recruiting and the marketing strategies companies need to adopt in order to bring in more recruits. What are some of your favorite marketing strategies and are there any companies that we can sort of look towards in order to, to better enhance our recruiting efforts? Yeah. So there's definitely companies. I think the biggest thing in this, I think that, um, there's a generational shift towards this as well. It's just authenticity, like being authentic and being honest about what is going on within your business, right? So a lot of times I still see um, marketing material with stock images, like take pictures of your staff. Like there is, yeah, like, I, right? Like, first of all, drives me crazy. Yeah, stop giving these stock image companies your your uh, subscription, their monthly subscription rate or whatever it is. Like, just literally walk around and take some professional photos of your employees. And you know what? Like, 
before I even reach out to a prof- professional, like ask your employees, does anyone here take photos on the side? You know, like use what's going on within your employees to like help generate a positive atmosphere in your company. So that's my number one thing is like use photos of your employees because we all know what a stock photo looks like. Like, and I'll be honest, I'm working on a website right now too for an, uh, for my own company. I'm like, I've got stock images. And every time I go on it, I'm like, God, go outside and take some photos. So like, that's the number one thing I would say is like, be authentic, start like Ani. And I, I would do this every single day, but if you're just starting to get into it, like we start putting them on some type of social media, especially for recruiting. Like that's a lot of uh, people my age and younger than me. I like to pretend I'm 22, but um, people 30 and younger, like I will go to your site to see um, how you're promoting your employees and that they enjoy their job. If I just see a bunch of clearly scripted materials and, and stock images, I'm going to just assume that they didn't want you to take pictures of them. So like whether it's you letting like take an Instagram story, right. And just have someone from their desk say, I had a great day because Jim Bob trucking delivered it on time. Like small things like that to show like, okay, these guys are making freight fun. There's a reason, like I said, that meme culture exists out there for us. Like this can be a super cool and fun industry. Um, I think the other one is starting at leadership and letting them be their authentic selves on social media. I can't say it more than I've already said a thousand times. And I've messaged him myself and let him know like Andrew Silver is the God of doing this on LinkedIn. And the one thing I always tell him that I think is giving them a really great return. And this is for Molo. Um, if anyone's wondering, um, is I see him constantly liking and commenting on like entry level employees, um, different uh, status updates or job promotions and things like that. You have no idea what someone at that level of an executive likes or comments on something, how good and valued that makes an employee feel. Mm. Yeah. I, and it's, I always tell him, I'm like, like, I've seen him do it. Like just even on like, I took a job here and like, he's like, congratulations. Like I haven't even started this job yet. And the CEO is congratulating me. Like, that is takes two seconds out of your day and is going to just amp that employee up with so much positivity. So just be your authentic selves. Um, and if you, let's say you're an executive and you're not like an on-camera person, that is fine. And I mean, even if like, let's say you're like a harder type of person, like Mr. Wonderful doesn't create a bunch of rainbow and butterfly content. He creates Mr. Wonderful content that people still love. So I would just like this day and age, people just are gravitated toward others being their authentic self. Just try something and see what feedback you get. So so just being unapologetically you investing a little time into encouraging new and new hires goes a long way and spend a couple hundred bucks on getting a photographer to come to your office and take (laughs) pictures of your staff and of your fleet. It really is just that much. It's that much money. And you can use that in all of your future marketing efforts. Because if I see another stock image of a plane flying over a cargo port, and that is your header photo on your website, I'm going to scream because it just drives me crazy. So thanks yeah. for getting me off on a little bit of a tangent there. Now, you know, making this, 
the switch for you. You 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 come from a company and then you go to a writing position and now you're hosting the show Transmission. What is that sort of a, a experience like for you? Because I do think that a lot of leaders and, and, and company leaders out there can sort of take a page out of your book that you went from working within an office to being on camera and hosting your yeah. show. What is that transition to Transmission been like for you? Yeah. So I would say, I think I talked to you before about this, like the on-camera stuff, like, I don't want to say that comes more natural, but like, I just, I've always been that person there. My family has this video of us going to Disney world when I was like four and I'm obnoxiously annoying, like constantly <laughs> jumping in frame. Like I, I cringe when I watch it. Cause I'm like, can someone calm her down? So like <laughs> the on-camera stuff, I'm, I'm, more than fine with. And I've always really enjoyed public speaking. I think I'm, so I have, I have like really high actual anxiety. And I think sometimes like these spaces like really challenge me against that anxiety that I kind of just like go off. And that's where the authentic aspect of things I think really um, pays off for people because there's sometimes where I'm just like, I'm going to wing it and like whatever happens happens. And it usually turns out really well. So like push against your anxiety, push against your fears, just do it. And you'd be surprised how good you are on camera, just being yourself. Now the journalist side, the writing side, my mom is an English teacher and I told her from Mother's Day that I have never ever thought that her job was that crazy hard and um, the everyone on this team has like completely proved me wrong. I just, I've learned so much in regards to writing since I've been here. Just, and I used to write a lot of papers and stuff in college, but just like how to capture an audience, how to like, keep that messaging going throughout the full article. Like I'm a tangent person. I think that's why I like video because I know like worst case, I'll just go on a tangent and it'll, it'll get back to the beginning somehow, but like, you can't do that in an article, like not at all. So I think that's like what the staff has really helped me with is like, okay, you, you lost me here. Let's like get it back to the point or even more so like push your point up a little higher. So like they, they continue to read. So, um, I've just learned so much from the editorial team. And I think every single person I've interacted with has taught me something new and, and everyone's just been more than open with their feedback. And, uh, I'm just so excited to be here and, and really like, I, I really have a new respect for journalists to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I, I've always, yeah. Like I've always been like, uh, a huge like into documentaries and stuff like that. And I've noticed over like the last couple months when I watched those like crime documentaries, I'm like way more interested in how like the uh, journalists like went on the pursuit. I just look at it so much differently. Yes. Um, I, I couldn't agree more because I think that whenever you're, you're in that, in, in that sphere of creating content, you start paying attention to how somebody else interviews someone, how they structure and set up a story and then the different, you know, even, camera angles that people use. Once you start yes. getting those reps, you start seeing it more all around you. So I couldn't agree more. It's a great perspective yeah. on, on somebody coming into sort of the broadcasting game. Cause I, I was the same way. I, I didn't go to school for this, but here we are uh, just <laughs> trying to throw some stuff up against the wall and see if it sticks. All right. We only have yeah. a couple minutes left. So, so what are cool. some of the uh, final question? What are some of the women that you look up to in this industry? 
Uh, so my number one lady of all time is Lily Shen. I think everything that she touches, it literally turns to gold. Like in my head, she's Queen Midas. Like uh, everything, literally everything. Like go through her resume or her LinkedIn and you're like, mm, bomb.com company, bomb.com. Everything just, everything out of the park, home runs. Um, and for someone to have that that awesome of a resume, like, you sit back and you're like, okay, like this, this is too good to be true. But like every interview she's done with Freight Waves, she just seems very authentic and very passionate. And then I got the chance to interview Christian Lee, um, who's their new CFO at Transfix. And I was like, literally, I was like, is she as cool as I assume that she is? <laughs> and he was like, uh, yes, times 10. So um, I haven't gotten to do a one-on-one interaction with her, but uh, I'm putting there, I'm going to put her up very close to Beyonce. And that's huge in my book. Um, shoot your uh, shot. That's the best you can do. Yes, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, she, for me is a huge one. And then just from like my own experiences, I'm a huge fan of Shelly Simpson at, uh, JB. I think that one, in order to really, I feel like she's really taken on the charge of bringing them into the technological uh, revolution. And as not as old, but as, as legacy as that company is like, that can be very, very difficult to manage and very, very difficult to like get into people's heads. And when I talk to drivers, that, that is like that platform 60 is one I've never heard complaints on. If anything, it's always really great things. So what that tells me is she's really good at um, creating a culture that's willing to listen to carrier feedback, that she has a really great way of implementing technology that I would just love to learn from her. Um, so I, uh, w- when I see what she's been able to do at that company, and, and from my experience, I was a lot of that too, like trying to lead the charge of a technology revolution, can just like sometimes go over people's heads. So I would love to, to sit and learn from her at some point in time. Absolutely. I I think a a lot of people would love to be able to learn from her because that was a great article that you shared about some of the top women that are working in freight and logistics. So it was really sort of inspiring to see some names on the list that I hadn't heard of yet and sort of dive into more of their career. Now, Mm -hmm. speaking of your career, where can people find more of your work and follow your journey? Yeah. So go to FreightWaves.com, type in Grace Sharkey. You will get all of my articles there. Um, So that is a great place to start just to really see the type of uh, material I cover, which is really all over industry, but really try to focus on technology. Um, From there, I am a part of Transmission, uh, which you can get on any type of podcast uh, format that you listen to. Um, And make sure you guys subscribe to that. So you're getting updates on our weekly episodes. This week's episode is going to be really, really cool. I could have talked to that guy forever. Um, and also I am on Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can add me there. Uh, I saw your book in the background, but my Twitter handle is Gracie man Lafrate. Um, so yeah, I, those are, that's where you can find me at and feel free to, to shoot me an email or anything. I love meeting new people in this industry and, um, I love getting, feedback on on my articles because I am brand new and I can definitely learn something. So I'm open to it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you may be brand new, but you're, you're definitely one to watch as far as the career is concerned. Thank you so much, Grace, for, for your time today and looking forward to watching and reading more of your content that comes out from the Freightways platform. Thank you again. Thank you, wife. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. As always, you can find each show I publish along with more insight over on my website at digitaldispatch.io. If you like this podcast, and I think you'll love another show I host, Cyberly, which covers the attention economy, B2B marketing, and how it all ties into the world of logistics. That show airs every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here live on Freight Waves TV. There are also some links to my social media accounts along with my products and services that might be of interest to you found in the show notes or again over on my digitaldispatch.io website. If you found this episode interesting and or entertaining, be sure to share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the best kind of marketing, and since podcast discoverability has and remains an issue in this medium, I trust that folks like yourself will share it with those who would also find it useful. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brunleven. I will see you real soon.